0: Do complex legal issues hold you back? Let's get energized and bring clarity to your top legal questions. This is Law Talk with the Flock by Gooseman Law Firm. Gina Guzman, a CEO, lawyer, author, and woman business owner, here to help navigate you through the law, your business, and life as a leader. For today's episode, I have with me Chad Rutar. Chad is a financial advisor and shareholder at Renaissance Financial in Omaha, Nebraska. And today we're going to talk about some of the common mistakes people make with their retirement investments and really get to know Chad and Renaissance. Welcome, Chad.
1: Good afternoon. Thank you for having me, Gina. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely excited to have you on. And Chad, just to open it up, could you introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Chad Rutar, Renaissance Financial, as you stated, a uh, shareholder as well as a financial advisor. Uh, Renaissance Financial has been around since about 1994, independently owned and operated. Uh, as it stands today, we have about 285 employees, about 170 advisors, the other are support staff. Uh, we have we have Kansas City, St. Louis, Omaha, Arizona, our primary hubs. We have a satellite office in Lincoln, Nebraska, as well as Jefferson City, Missouri. Um, so kind of Midwestern based at the end of the day. And taking a snapshot of our firm, once again, we're an independently advised company. Uh, we have about $7 billion under management right now. But at the end of the day, we just help individuals and business owners make good financial decisions with their money. And that's why people hire us.
0: Outstanding. And I know we share a lot of the same Uh, Ideal target clientele and business owners and professionals that, that need some professional advice and guidance in that way. And we found some great synergies between our firms. And Renaissance has been growing like crazy. Can you speak for a moment on Renaissance's growth?
1: Yeah. So when I came onto the firm in 2005, we had just about 45 individuals at that point in time. And as stated earlier, we have about 200, just north of 270 people right now. And really, we've kind of figured out the model, if you will, uh, retaining clients, you know, getting clients and retaining clients. But on top of that is recruiting. So in our major cities, once again, as stated earlier, St. Louis, Kansas City, Omaha, and then Phoenix, Arizona right now, uh, for every 10 uh, new advisors that we bring on, eight are actually college grads, about seven or eight. The other two, uh, two to three individuals are, are what we call career changers, people that have had another career at some point in time and opted to go in the financial advising field. And it's just the independent support that we provide for these individuals coming on, because I know the the industry averages retention for an advisor greater than four years is less than ten percent, wow. and right now we're, we're between fifty and sixty percent. And once again, the the first four years they're called silver advisors. We make sure they're heavily mentored. They have a sales manager. Uh, they have an individual that's part of what's called an AMP program. They'll assist in the marketing uh, for the individuals, and more importantly. Any rep in the first four years run with a senior advisor because we want to make sure that the client's well taken care of regardless of whether they have $50 or $50 million. So that's the key thing. So our training program has been proven, and we look forward to further growth into the future as well.
0: Well, that, that's really exciting, Chad. And, and can you talk a little bit about your specific role within Renaissance and who you serve?
1: Uh, first and foremost, I, I serve the clientele. Uh, the joke is, I've avoided management this long, and I'll continue to try to do that. But with that being <laughs> said, as one of the, you know, uh, as a shareholder since 2007, you know my job is to promote the firm uh, on a macro level. But on a day-to-day basis, I would say probably 80 to 90 percent of my time is forward-facing with clientele, making sure that he or she is well taken care of, uh, and clients within the firm are taken care of.
0: And I know you're very full service with your advising. Can you touch on what some of those different comprehensive services are, Chad?
1: Absolutely. Um, We call it, you know, the buzzword in the industry is holistic planning. But anywhere from money management to estate preservation to educational funding, retirement planning, um, uh, the defensive side, the the life insurances, the disabilities, pretty much A to Z. And I will say one thing about our firm where it kind of sets us apart is, Uh, The old saying, jack of all trades, expert at none, is, you know, I enjoy the estate planning and investment side of the equation. There are other individuals inside of our firm that are far superior when it comes to the disabilities and insurances. So when we're sitting down with a business owner or high net worth individual, uh, we always run in teams. So very rarely do they see one advisor in the room. They're going to see multiple advisors in the room knowing that we're bringing best of breed to the table to take care of them.
0: Absolutely. That team concept is so key. and We we follow the same in the law because there's no way any one attorney could become an expert and really deep dive into a single practice area. So when you team up with one another, it it definitely provides a better quality product to the the client at the end of the day. So Chad, what are some of the common mistakes that you see people making with their investments and, and with their planning?
1: Oh, um, especially getting into retirement, there's a couple of things I would say. First of all, starting uh, with an asset allocation of the portfolio, two things really drive the market at the end of the day is fear and greed. Uh, Sometimes individuals will get closer to retirement and they get a little bit scared and say, okay, if I'm turned 65 and I want to retire at 66, I want to put everything in a coffee can in the backyard and I have zero risk. But the reality with life expectancy in the United States today, well into their 80s, there's another 20 to 25 years in front of them that they need to fight off inflation. So, the reality is if you put everything in the coffee can in the backyard, chances are you're going to outlive your income. Now, on the flip side, if you have an individual with a portfolio and he or she is called maybe 1.8 million, and they've always dreamed of having a $2 million account. So, they're going to have a 100% equities going into retirement, and all of a sudden we see a pullback in the market like we did in 08 or 09 over this past pandemic. And then the fear sets in, excuse me, the greed setting in, and all of a sudden fear kicks in from there. So just having that asset allocation portfolio, realizing when you step into retirement, you've got to have three to five years money set up in front of you to make sure that when we do have the pandemics or the recessions that are going to happen, that you're protected, you kind of put a moat around yourself. And then moving forward, you need equities in your portfolio to fight off the inflation uh, longer term. So I would say more than not, it's the fear and greed that drive it early on, especially when you see a big pullback in the market, because the natural tendency is to be very fearful of that, take everything out of the market, and all you really do is, is guarantee your losses at that point in time. So that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that we do see uh, in, in dealing with retirement is the fear and greed. Um, others I would Wait. say is, is Social Security. Social Security is never a fun thing to talk about, <laughs> but with that being said, <laughs> you have to take it seriously. Um, A lot of individuals will take it too early, uh, and they'll take their Social Security at 62. And we run what's called a break-even analysis. This break-even analysis just says, hey, if they do take it early, how long do they have to live um, before it makes sense for them to do that? So if you have somebody that longevity is in the family where everybody lives to 85, 90, or 100 years old, they're, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. You don't want to do that. Whereas if, if there's longevity in the family, uh, for every year you wait, you give yourself an 8% pay raise from the government. Now you have to take it at age 70. So we educate them on that, let them realize that uh, as long as they live past a certain age where that break-even analysis is, they're getting more money from the government long term. Um, so we see that as a common mistake as well. Let's see, those two are probably some of the larger mistakes that we do see along the way.
0: You mentioned a buzzword right now uh, that everyone's talking about, and that's inflation. Uh, What are your thoughts on how to handle inflation and people's concern about that?
1: Uh, Inflation, let's start with inflation is not a bad thing. Uh, The government's tried to get inflation above 2% for so long, they finally have achieved it. Um, So at the end of the day, it's not a bad thing. We just got to be worried about hyperinflation like we saw back in the early 80s. Um, the really only way to fight off inflation is to have some type of portfolio that has ability to grow with inflation. So as an example, bonds are a secured instrument but has a fixed rate of return. So if your bond is paying 4% or let's say 3% and inflation is at 3%, basically you're stagnant. You're on a treadmill that is going as fast as you are, but if you have an equity uh, that historically is paid, in, call it 8%, and inflation is at 3%, you still have the ability to stay ahead of inflation. So you still need some bonds in the portfolios to stabilize, but if your goal is to stay ahead of inflation, you got to have some type of security that's going to keep you ahead of inflation, and really that's you know equity-based.
0: You also mentioned um, the risk side of things and some of the ways you help people protect themselves from risk. Can you elaborate on some of those for us, Chad?
1: Absolutely. Uh, When it comes to the risk side, there are different types of equities one can be involved with. Uh, First of all, there's really three different sizes of companies, small, mid, and large size companies. So small size companies historically are 0 to 2 billion, very niche and boutique. So when you do have uh, a pullback in the market, they have a tendency of getting knocked around a little bit more just because of the uncertainty associated with them. Um, But on the flip side, when we see bull runs like we've seen for quite some time, uh, small size companies uh, have the more ability to grow because they can go from a small and then they get into a mid mid-size companies So mid-sized companies are two to ten billion more established if you will But uh, still not one of the you know, blue chip stocks. as They've been nicknamed over the years um, And then you get in the large size companies and when I say these names you're going to know them Apple Microsoft Coca-Cola Procter and & Gamble and within those four names you have two tech companies and two more consumer staple companies, like a Procter & Gamble. If you look in your house, there's things in your house that, even regardless of a recession, you have to buy. Whereas, you know, Apple, not to pick on Apple, but we all want the new iPhone, Uh, but is it a need or a want? So you kind of have to take a look at that. So a lot of your value stocks that will pay a dividend are things we need in the house. Um, uh, Where a lot of the growth stocks are things that we want, but don't necessarily need in the house. So having individuals' portfolios balanced in that fashion, you don't see the consumer staple uh, stocks fluctuating as much, a little m- but more of a steady eddy. We're on the technology side, a little bit more aggressive, but a higher return as well. So balancing that inside of their portfolios and giving individuals all the access uh, to these underlying securities.
0: The need or the want discussion is interesting. I know over the weekend we started to talk to our children about making their Christmas wish list. And uh, a new iPad <laughs> made my daughter's list. So I, th- I would classify that as the want list. The fact that she already has my hand-me-down iPad, I think is, <laughs> is pretty good. But <laughs> So what about yeah, the- a lot of asset protection between our firms? And as we're working with clients, and we certainly focus a lot on the estate planning side of things, but you have a lot of other tools that we can use when it comes to trying to protect clients' assets. So I know a lot of business owners, especially if they've had a liquidity event, they've got all of their um, life's work wrapped up into their portfolio, and they really want to protect it. Uh, what are some tools and techniques that um, you could bring to the table there, Chad?
1: Oh, OK, absolutely. So it's interesting because each state um, has its own little nuances when it comes to asset protection. And that's where we lean on your firm uh, heavily uh, with reference to you know what type of trust, whether it be revocable or irrevocable trust. But we, when we get into what I would call the product side, there are certain products that are state-specific that do have some protection, uh, especially in what I would categorize the warmer retiree states. And I'll just kind of talk about three right now, Florida, Texas, Arizona. So if you're in one of these three states, and hypothetically you have a, a, some type of cash value life insurance contract, oddly enough that these are creditor protected protected uh, in those states regardless of cash amount. A lot of your other states will dictate maybe 10,000 or 100,000, depending upon the state, is going to be creditor protected, um, but in, in those following three states, and there are a myriad more of these, but once again, it's got to be state-specific. So, you know, living in the Midwest, growing up in the Midwest, it's funny, as people mature and get a little older, magically, uh, they get to warmer states. So, as our clientele or individuals we get introduced are in those said states, we just educate them and say, hey, did you realize that by living in this state, we'll call it Arizona, you have the ability to protect some of your assets in this way, and oh, by the way, especially with all the tax code changing, uh, you know, the word life insurance sometimes gets a negative correlation or connotation, excuse me, but really it's sometimes the easiest way uh, to pass these monies to the next generation tax-free. So, there's just a couple different ideas. Uh, that we've worked with clientele in the past uh, to help educate them more than anything else because uh, every state is specific and then a lot of those warmer states are more generous if you will uh, to people uh, that are retirees. They they want them moving down there and they want their money.
0: <laughs> That's a good point. I know we've been doing a lot of uh, South Dakota trust work, combining them also with uh, um, irrevocable life insurance trust, putting those products inside of the islet, the life insurance trust. and also helping to plan and prepare for the potential tax bill that could come uh, on their estate in the future if the government lowers the state tax exemption from the 11.7 where it's at today. Because we certainly think that that's going to happen, and, and life insurance is a great way for people to get uh, the funds that they're going to need to pay that tax bill when they pass.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's life insurance and Roth IRAs, the only two things that can go to the next generation for the most part, 100% tax free, and you don't have to worry about it. So yes, we've definitely have been educating them, uh, and I know with the work of Renaissance Financial and Guzman Law together, and then along those same lines too is the Secure Act that came out in 2019. Uh, it kind of got overshadowed a little bit with the pandemic of 2020, where in the past we've always kind of coached individuals hey, if, if, you were, if mom or dad pass away, you're going to inherit their traditional IRA and stretch it over your lifetime. Well, the SECURE Act uh, is basically kibosh that. And now, as a successor beneficiary of one's IRA, they only have 10 years now to, in essence, uh, deplete that IRA regardless of age. So we've been educating a lot of our clients as they get into retirement and potentially a lower tax bracket, working with their attorney such as yourself working with their accountants, sitting down with them and saying, hey, how about we look at converting some of these traditional to Roth IRAs in the present right now on a potential lower tax bracket before required minimum distributions hit at age 72. So really walking through the math on that. So I really believe that some of these acts that have just been passed here in the last two years, uh, if they're not consulting their attorney like yourself or their advisor or their CPA, he or she's really leaving a lot of money on the table, not only right now, But if you do some of these uh, and look at the projections for giving to the next generation, if your kids are in high tax brackets too, it's absolutely phenomenal the money that you're going to be saving courtesy if you do this right from the IRS.
0: And you certainly help people run those calculations and, and help advise them in that regard, right, Chad?
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Now, if someone wants to become a client of Renaissance and get in contact with you, how do they go about doing that?
1: Uh, the easiest way, I know some people are afraid of it, is just, just give us a call. Uh, and our direct line is 402 682 3912, is my direct line. Or we do have a portal on our website at www.renascencefinancial.com. Or once again, my email address is chad.rutar R-U-T-A-R, at rfconline.com. So three different meetings to get a hold of us. Um, and then Anytime we sit down with an individual for the first time, the first question we always ask, just like your law firm, is how can we help you? Because that's how we start our relationships.
0: Absolutely, and I think uh, just giving you a call is, is really the best way. And it's the same, is true with the law firm. It's just call the law firm and that's how we start our relationships. And I think people often forget that the telephone can be your best friend in building the team around you. And uh, we welcome those calls, don't we, Chad?
1: Human interaction is a wonderful thing. Absolutely, we welcome those calls.
0: Well, thank you so much, Chad, for sharing your insight today with our listeners. Have a great day, everyone. Go make it worth it. Thanks for joining us for Law Talk with the Flock by Gooseman Law Firm. We hope you feel energized and ready to soar past your goals. Become a Flock fan and subscribe to our podcast for weekly episodes. Learn more at guzmanlaw.com.